and the very warmest of welcomes to everybody out there in Radio Land. That makes me sound old-fashioned, doesn't it, Jean? Out <laughs> there in Radio Land. Radio and Podcast Land. Podcast Land. <laughs> no, it's like, that's my childhood. It's reverting to the 60s and the 70s. Everybody out there in... Well, in those days, it was TV land. Anyway, we are glad you have tuned in, whether it's by oh, tuned in. See see how ancient I am? Now we're tuning in. Does anybody remember our daughter just discovered radio? Yes. That's the weirdest thing to me. It's like, I know. you can just, uh, it was the, daughter. it was the, uh, our youngest daughter. It was, um, she was amazed. She was laying on her bed with this little radio, little mm-hmm. transistor radio. Like maybe there's no transistors in there anymore. Whatever. She's got a little radio and she's like, you can just tune the dial. And find stations, and everyone in town is listening to the same thing as you. And she was, her mind was blown <laughs> right? by the radio dial. Yeah. yeah. Well, wherever you happen to be listening, my name is Sean Boonstra, and you've just tuned in or podcast. What do you call it when you podcast in? Hmm. You've just found, you've Listen just downloaded, you've just downloaded Disclosure, the mm-hmm. voice of Prophecy's flagship broadcast slash podcast slash whatever. If you happen to like the supernatural, if you find things like angels and demons fascinating, today's episode might be tailor-made for you because our subject today, Gene, drumroll, please. Ah, the truth about angels. No, no, you're supposed to do the drumroll. Oh. <laughs> you're supposed to do the drumroll. Yeah, you're that right. is the topic, But and okay. my wife blew it. Yeah. There. No, the subject is the truth about angels, and, uh, and, and you destroyed my big moment. Sorry. It's okay. I will stay married to you. That's good. Yeah, that won't be a that won't be the That's thing that the finishes us off. That's not the killer after no, 25 no. years. The subject is the truth about angels. In studio today is my lovely wife, who's horrible at drum rolls, but really good at everything else, Jean. <laughs> Patient woman who has suffered and endured more than a quarter of century living under the same roof as me, which is no easy feat. In fact, speaking about angels, that mm-hmm. might give you angel status, just living with me for 25-plus years. Ah. Oh. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't know. You've got the patience of an angel. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, we don't have a verse anywhere in the Bible that says angels are patient. Hmm. You wonder, are there impatient angels? Maybe. Are there angels who's like, I want an assignment now? I don't picture it because the <sighs> angels are in heaven, so I don't <clears throat> think that we get impatient in well, heaven. Well, impatience isn't necessarily a sin, is it? Um, I don't know. Amanda's in the studio taking pictures of us. Let me ask her. Is impatience a sin? No, she doesn't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I th- maybe it's it's um, maybe it's what causes you to be impatient. That's the sin, rather than the impatience as a response. Yeah, I'm impatient to get to heaven. I want to mm-hmm. go now. Yeah, is that a sin? No, no, no. I'm impatient for my kids to take the trash out. Mm-hmm. Is that a sin? No, probably not. No, if you I'm ask in, them to do it. I'm impatient for them to do the dishes. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the time I actually had to leave a note on the counter with a, a, a dish rag and a jar of soap? And it was like I put the soap on a piece of paper with an arrow to it that said, this is dish soap. Mm-hmm. And Use then, it. Yeah, and this is a dish rag. <laughs> Wet the dishes. Wash them off with this. Dry them. It's like I'm leaving detailed instructions. Yeah, that was a few years ago, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's get to angels. I don't know if you remember, but coming out of the 1980s and 1990s, angels were all the rage on TV. Do you remember that? Yeah, I definitely remember that. Mm -hmm. We had Michael Landon, who was Little Joe originally. Mm -hmm. And then... Charles uh, Ingalls. Oh, he was Charles Ingalls. Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. Michael Landon's Highway to Heaven started in 1984 when I was, uh, well... I was older than elementary I wanted. school student. No, <laughs> I no, believe it no. That. I don't want to admit how old I actually was in '84, <laughs> oh. um, but '84 uh, I was 15. Mm. 
Yeah. I was 15 years old. So Highway to Heaven. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't too long after that that we lost Michael Landon. He was one of the good guys, I think. I think so. Yeah. The show ran until 1989, and he played as an angel in that show who loses his wings. Oh, that's right. Right? And so he's on probation. I mean, theologically, it's a train wreck. There's no, there's, you know, theologically, it's not great. But it was a decent, clean show, and he had to prove himself. He loses his wings. He has to prove himself by helping people on earth. It's mm-hmm. kind of an old cliche. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. right. So that was that. And of course we had Roma Downey. Mm. Touched by an angel. Touched by an angel, program. right? 1994, yeah. almost mm-hmm. 10 years. Well, that is 10 years later, almost 10 years later when I was 25. I was wow. 25 and 19. Amanda, how old were you in 1994? I'm just looking. She was one. I'm <laughs> an ancient I'm an ancient relic. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm right behind you, so I shouldn't say much. <laughs> All right, Roma Downey, touched by an angel. Incredibly popular. Probably, you know, that has a lot to do with just who Roma Downey is. She's mm-hmm. just delightful. I mean, yes. how do you not like Roma Downey? In that show, she plays an angel who's been promoted from the heavenly choir to what is called the Search and Rescue Division of Heaven. And then she gets promoted again to casework, heavenly casework, mm-hmm. in which she helps individual people solve problems and recover their faith. Remember mm-hmm. that? At the end of the oh, show, yeah. she would reveal their, to that her she was case. An angel. Yeah, and yeah. then they would backlight her. And oh, she I would always be... remember that her hair would glow. Right, right. They'd put, they'd put a light bulb behind her head and make sort of a halo appearance. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Good production effect. Yeah. It really looked kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember both of those shows. And, and, of course, they were good entertainment for the most part. You know, we think of those programs as being family-friendly. Yep. Uh, I think we have to give the producers some credit for producing shows that were definitely a cut above some of the entertainment that's so prevalent on TV, not only in the 80s and 90s, but to this day. Like the A-Team. <laughs> like the A-Team. No, the A-Team was good. They were kind of angels, too, weren't they? Riding no. around, solving cases, shooting stuff up. Yeah, I don't think they were no. angels. All right. I don't so think the it was a cut of a, was it was angels. <laughs> the a, they were the angel team. No, I don't think okay. so. All right. It was a cut above the A team. Definitely. But as far as depicting angels and what they do, um, those programs fell, fell short of the mark because they seem to be largely based on popular understandings or maybe misunderstandings is the right word, instead of on any kind of real biblical foundation. So today, Sean, why don't you take us to the Bible itself so that we can actually unpack what it says? Well, am I ever glad you asked me to do that? Because by some strange coincidence, I may have just prepped that subject for today's <laughs> show. <laughs> All right, where do you want to start? Well, let's start with the basics. A lot of popular books and TV shows describe angels as the spirits of dead people. So let's tackle that idea first. Is that really, Sean, what the Bible teaches? Well, it's an idea that you hear a lot because I think it makes some people feel really good. I mean, I see stickers or decals on car windows, Johnny got his wings, and Mm -hmm. it's sad. They've lost somebody and Johnny got... But but if we want to be biblical, no. No, it's 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 not. There is nothing in the Bible that indicates that people become angels when they go to heaven. Now, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. That doesn't mean that people can't be angels because the word angel is used in more than one sense throughout the Bible. So on the one hand, you've got this species of created being known as angels. Those are the ones with wings that visit the earth and, and so on. But there is another sense that the Bible uses that word in. In the New Testament, the word angel is a rough approximation of a Greek word, and that word is agalos. Mm-hmm. Angel comes from agalos. And agalos simply means messenger. So in that mm. sense, if you're a messenger with a message from God, you can be described as an angel. It doesn't make you a heavenly being, uh, but you are a messenger with a message from 
God. And so the authors of the Bible apply the word angel to those kinds of people. Very, very occasionally, but it does happen. Okay. Can you give us an example? Yeah, sure. I knew you'd ask for an example because I put that in your show notes. <laughs> yes, Please you ask did. Sean for an example. <laughs> yeah. In the opening chapters of the book of Revelation, you've got this vision of Jesus. John sees Jesus as he's on Patmos, and Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus is dressed like a high priest. He's standing among the seven candlesticks. And in Revelation 1 and verse 20, it says, you know, Jesus is holding seven stars in his hands, and it says that the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. So what are the seven churches? In chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation, you get uh, special messages from Jesus addressed to the angels of seven churches, very real churches of the first century located in Asia Minor. Uh, or modern-day Turkey. Turkey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, while I don't doubt that heavenly angels probably visited those congregations like they probably still visit congregations today, the sense of the word angel in Revelation chapters 2 and 3 is that, well, it's addressed more likely to the pastor or the head elder or the leader of that congregation. Hmm. They were messengers of the gospel, and so they're referred to as angels. They function as messengers. Okay. But they're not actually heavenly beings, but human beings who are filling a similar role, which tells us something about what heavenly angels do too, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Because we find heavenly angels playing the role of messenger all through the Bible. Yeah, we do. So for an example, um, it's an angel who delivers messages to the prophet Daniel. Uh, The same angel, Gabriel, Mm -hmm. uh, tells Mary that she's going to give birth to Jesus. Um, Gabriel, it's actually Gavriel in in the original language, Mm -hmm. which means warrior of God. But Gabriel is an angel who specifically delivers messages from heaven to somebody here on earth. Hmm. And when Jesus is born, an entire choir of angels shows up in the night sky to tell the shepherd that Messiah has finally arrived. I love that story. But as far as different types of created beings go, the Bible does draw a sharp distinction between human beings and heavenly angels, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. There, There is no crossover. Angels are angels. Mm-hmm. If we want to go sort of what is an angel rather than the function of an angel. Function of an angel is a messenger, so we can okay. be called angels in that case. But if you want to talk about species of created being. Angels and human beings don't cross over. In fact, the Bible tells us human beings are created at a lower tier than angels are. Now, modern people don't like that. We don't like hierarchies. No, no, we can't be below anybody else. Um, Just on a side note, sidebar, we should probably be slow to throw out hierarchies. They've served our race very well for thousands of years, and we want to dismantle it and have everybody at an equal level playing field and and so on in this world. But uh, hierarchies are in the Bible. God has a hierarchy, and angels are placed above human beings. Look at what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 8 and verse 4. Psalm 8, verse 4. What is man that you are mindful of him? So here the psalmist is astonished that God pays attention to measly little human beings here on this, well, the, the, the tiny blue dot, basically, mm-hmm. this planet. Right. Mm-hmm. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Verse 5. For you have made him, that's human beings, man, mm-hmm. you have made him a little lower than the angels, mm-hmm. and you have crowned him with glory and honor. So there's nothing demeaning about our status in God's universe. We're created below angels, uh, but we're crowned with glory and honor, and the Bible says we're made in God's image. But at the same time, we are created lower than the angels. There's a distinction between the two species. Mm -hmm. Angels are created at a different tier in God's universe. And then verse 6 tells us there's actually something below us. 
You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet here in this creation. Everything else is under our feet, under our dominion. So human beings are created lower than angels and animals created lower, lower than, than us. us. Yeah. yeah. Now, I know that thought can irritate some people because they don't accept that human beings have a higher status in God's order than the animals. And sometimes it almost seems, Sean, like they think that animals ought to have a yeah, higher it does, status it, yeah, it does than seem we like do. Yeah. We care more about whether or yeah. not a bunch of garter snakes crossing the highway make it than we do about people sometimes, it mm -hmm. seems. yeah. Mm -hmm. It does seem that way sometimes. But if we read the opening chapters of Genesis, it makes it pretty obvious. It says that we were given dominion over the rest of the earth, so sort of like vice regents with God. Yeah, property managers. Yeah. Right. We yeah were made that's another way of thinking about now, it. Now, that doesn't give us the right to abuse animals or treat Definitely them poorly not. because they are God's creatures. And yes. I think a lot of the resentment that I hear from animal rights people over uh, the way Christians view stewardship over the planet stems from what people have done since sin came into the mm, picture, since yeah. we kind of warped God's original order. So what I see some people doing today is they blame Christian thinking for the damage we've done to the planet since sin was introduced into the picture. But before sin, there was no such damage. You don't That's see true. Adam and Eve dumping toxins into the river. Mm -hmm. You don't see Adam and Eve running abusive puppy mills. You don't see them treating animals cruelly. Mm -hmm. um, those are human inventions. Those are not God's idea. That comes in after the sin. I hear the music, which tells me that you and I are at a lower tier than the people in the control room. They're telling us <laughs> it is time for a break. And so I will take that command on high, the message, the angelic message from the control room. We'll be back right after this. Take note of these important announcements from the good people at the Voice of Prophecy and we'll be right back with more of the truth about angels. As you may know, the Voice of Prophecy is supported by people just like you. We provide Christ-centered programs and Bible studies free of charge so that no one is left out. If you've been blessed by these programs and would like to pay it forward, we invite you to visit VOP.com give to make your tax-deductible donation. We're equipping the world for Christ to come, and your support will make a direct impact on so many lives. That's VOP.com give. Do you feel as if you have more questions than answers in your life? Are you searching for answers to some of life's biggest questions? The Discover Bible Guides can help you find the answers you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or call us at 888-456-7933 for your free Discover Bible Guides and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions. And we are back from the break. I was spending the break sympathizing with my wife, who had a blood draw early this morning. How many <laughs> yeah. vials of blood did they take out? I think they took six. Six pints? No. Because you only have like vials. four, I think, and then there's like one more pint <laughs> hidden in your brain. No, I did make a joke with her, though, uh, that I was going to go home dry, and she just laughed. I'm sure she hears that all the time. Really? Yeah. Wow. Did you have grape juice this morning? No. Then it must have been blood. It must have been. <laughs> <laughs> so they drew six vials? Well, yeah, the little, you know, the little things they stick on Oh, the end that's not so bad. Anyway, it's like I was wondering like why you were blacking out during but I, the break. But I was able to walk out of the lab and, and get into my car and drive home just fine. So They let you I drive okay. after that. Huh. <laughs> 
I want anyway, all right, let's get back to the show. I, I'm trying to figure out, you know, how many well, how much how much is in a vial of blood? I don't know. I don't know. I think it looks like more than what it is because it's very narrow, the little tube. But yeah. you just see it. And I, I don't usually watch, but well, I did you, watch this morning. You do look paler than usual. Do I? Yeah. Okay. It's there like you you're go. something's that explains missing. Everything, right? Right. So when they take blood, like your head is pale, but your arms are still pink. It's kind of like a thermometer. Your blood level goes down. <laughs> it drops from the yeah, top. It drops down. from the top and goes down. And um, and this is good science brought to you by the sure. people of Disclosure. Excellent Voice science. of Prophecy, yeah. <laughs> but it should work that way, shouldn't it? <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> you can see how much blood visual. somebody has. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. We're talking about angels and we were yeah. talking about hierarchies and the fact that human beings are created a little lower than the angels and then human beings were given dominion over the planet. Mm-hmm. Of course, we took that dominion that God gave us. We promptly handed it over to a fallen angel, the serpent, mm-hmm. in the book of Genesis, who then proceeded to teach human beings to despise God's creation. Why? Well, because creation is a testament to God's goodness. Revelation 4 verse 11 tells us that the reason God is worthy of worship is because he created this universe. So Mm -hmm. this world is supposed to display God's majesty, his love, his perfect character. Mm -hmm. So, of course, fallen angels would want human beings to distort that picture of God and damage the creation, essentially wipe out the remaining fingerprints of God that are still there on creation. Uh, But in the very beginning, let's go back to the very beginning, we were placed above the animals and angels were placed above us, which Mm -hmm. tells us angels and humans are two different things. We do not become angels when we die. In fact, Job 38, verse 7, one of my favorite passages in the Bible because Job has been complaining for 37 chapters, and (laughs) then God says, hey, I got some questions for you. And I know Mm -hmm. I would wither if God had some questions for me. But there's a verse there that says that the morning stars sang for joy at the sight of creation. Those Mm -hmm. are angels. Stars are often used as a symbol for angels. They were singing, rejoicing that God had made this world. And that tells me they were already in place the day human beings arrived on the scene because Mm. they're celebrating creation. So angels and people, two different things, completely different things, although you are still my angel. Well, I'll take that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Even though, you know, your head is pale. It's coming up, though. Is I've it? noticed, yeah, see since the, see the, the pink is all the rising? way, yeah, the pink is all the way up to the bottom of your nose now. Well, I think good. you're banking more blood. I may survive the day then. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Talking about angels and humans, if we're different species created at different times, that would also mean that people don't become angels exactly. when they die. Right. Mm-hmm. That kind of thinking, you know, it really grew out of some of the misconceptions that we developed during the medieval period of Christian history. Um, still popular, though, today in movies and books, but biblically speaking, nope. just, just not yep. accurate. Not true at all. Not biblical. Yeah. So now that we've sort of established that angels are their own created order— what else do we know about them, Sean? Well, I don't even certain. know where I don't know where we should begin. We probably need eighteen hours to go through the whole <laughs> Bible and see what it says about angels. But give us the highlights. Yeah, let me start by putting some biblical passages on the table. Let's see what we can figure out. Let's go okay. with the judgment scene of Daniel chapter seven. This mm, is one of my good. favorite passages in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Daniel seven verse nine. I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. So God's on his throne. His garment was white as snow. The hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. Verse 10. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened. So 
Here we've got two things. First of all, it tells us angels are there to participate in the process of judgment. We know biblically mm -hmm. that they're interested in what's going on here in this world. They're interested in what's happening in those books. Mm -hmm. First Peter 1 and verse 12 tells us that angels actually desire to study the plan of redemption for human beings. Mm -hmm. But the second thing we've got here is how many angels there actually are. It says 10,000 times 10,000 that appear before the judgment seat, which would be, you know, 100 million Angels. It's a it's a lot of angels. That's a lot. It's a lot of, of angels. It's like three times the population of Canada. Wow. Yeah. Okay, if you put it if that Canada way. was full of angels and mm -hmm. you did that three times, that's how many that's you would have. That's how many angels. Yeah. Hmm. You're the angel from Canada. Hmm. Oh. See, I'm scoring points today. <laughs> you are. Yeah. Keep it up. Keep it yeah. going. I'm not yeah. complaining. So ten thousand <laughs> times ten thousand. Well, now um it doesn't actually say that these are angels, yeah, you're even right. though the context sort of makes that obvious. So do we have any corroborating evidence somewhere else right. in the world? The Bible? word angel isn't used here, but right. yeah, we do. Take a look at Revelation chapter five. You've got a similar scene. You're in the throne room again. And mm -hmm. There's only a handful of these scenes in the Bible, right? You see throne the throne of God scenes. in Ezekiel yeah. one. Uh, Isaiah 6, Daniel 7, and Revelation chapters 4 and 5. Here's Revelation 5, verse 11. John sees something similar. Then I looked and heard the voice of many what? Angels. Angels, right? Mm. Around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 mm -hmm. and thousands of thousands. So now we get the same number, and it specifically identifies these creatures as angels, angels. and then it adds thousands of thousands because... You don't have millions and billions and trillions in the Bible. Thousand mm -hmm. is sort of the biggest unit that you get. So mm -hmm. 10,000, 100, you know, it's sort of the biggest unit that you get. And mm -hmm. when it says 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, mm -hmm. that might be additional millions, right? It might be adding thousands or it might be multiplying by thousands. We don't really know, but I'll put it, this is a lot of angels. It's a lot of them. Hmm. Yeah. That that makes me think, of course, of the second coming of Christ, because it's going to be really spectacular, because Matthew 25, 31 tells us that when Jesus does return, all the holy angels right. are coming with him. All hundred million so plus. every single one of them. And in Revelation 19, it shows Jesus coming back with the army of heaven is how it describes it. The angel it. and the angelic host, right. Yeah. So if that means more than 100 million, I can't even begin to imagine what that would look like, yeah. how spectacular yep. that's going to be. It'd be pretty beautiful. amazing. It's like, I think we bring that out on the night. You know, I do this uh, seminar in the book of Revelation, Revelation mm -hmm. Speaks Peace. In the night we talk about the actual coming of Christ, we take a look at that. It's going to be the most glorious event in history. Mm -hmm. 100 million, maybe billions of angels all mm -hmm. coming back. They all come back with Jesus. All at once. Yeah. Every single yeah. one of them. So that's Powerful. what we've got. We've got there's lots of angels. That's what we know. <laughs> so what else do we have in the Bible that shows us about angels? Well, we can talk a little bit about what they're actually like. And okay. one of the first things that you'll notice in the Bible is how when angels show up, sometimes people kind of wilt when when the angels they collapse. Yeah, just and, one angel. Right, John falls that. down in Revelation chapter 19. Mm -hmm. um, their appearance has to be more than a little bit overwhelming. Uh, let's look at a couple of passages. Maybe start with the scene at Jesus' tomb because it puts things in perspective. I mean, if we're going to talk about wilting in the presence of an angel, here's a spectacular example of that. Matthew 28, verse 2. Mm -hmm. And behold, there was a great earthquake. This is after the death of Jesus and the resurrection. Mm -hmm. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning. Now you're going to see that concept show up again. Right. Angel's appearance is like Lightning. lightning and his clothing white as snow and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men hmm. now 
got to remember, these men who fainted, and basically says they passed out at the sight of the angel, these are not some kind of beta males, right? Right? These are you're laughing because you know you know what I'm going. But they're not beta males. These aren't soy boys. Is, are we allowed oh, to say dear. soy boys on the? <laughs> I don't know. Are, you just did. <laughs> all right. Write your complaint letters to Gene Boonster, no, Box nine nine nine, Loveland, Colorado. These are Roman soldiers. These are they're tough, tough guys. guys. Right. Traditional yeah. tough. guys. They don't flinch Got in it. the face of anything, and the right. presence of one angel made them pass out. Right. Kind of like I almost passed out in the delivery room when you were having our second child. <laughs> yeah. True Apparently, story. I am the beta male because when I don't know, there's something about that whole thing that's not right. So, tough Roman soldiers wilt in the presence of an angel. Wait, wait, wait. Something about childbirth that's not right? Well, I think there was a good reason we put men out in the hallway to pace Uh, back and forth, because as tough as I am, Mm -hmm. that was not a great day. Okay, so there's something about you being in the room that's not right. I don't want to see that. (laughs) Got it. I don't want to see that again. Mm -hmm. The miracle of life. Yeah, I'm still in counseling. I had to sit down at one point. All right, there's the truth. The truth is out there. I had to sit down at one point, okay? Yeah, you did. But I'm tough. Yeah, got it. But the Roman soldiers, they wilt in the presence of an angel. (laughs) You know, and it's just one angel that did that. Imagine the impact of 100 million. Yeah, exactly. If one angel looks like lightning, try try to imagine looking at 100 million of them, right? One lightning strike, if you're looking right at it, it's almost going to blind you. Mm-hmm. This is 100 million lightning strikes all at mm-hmm. once. And speaking of lightning, if you want, let's take a look at another throne room scene. It's Ezekiel chapter 1. He has a vision where he says basically the same thing. This is verse 13 of Ezekiel chapter 1. Mm-hmm. As for the likeness of the living creatures, now if you compare this chapter to chapter 10 of Ezekiel, it's obvious that these are cherubim. That's what mm-hmm. he's describing. Okay. Um, as for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, mm-hmm. like the appearance of torches going back and forth among the living creatures. The fire was bright, and out of the fire went lightning, and the living creatures ran back and forth in appearance like a flash of lightning. Mm-hmm. So again, there it is again, they look like lightning, and lightning is pretty hard yeah, to miss. Definitely, it's also an indication, perhaps, that angels bring light into the world; mm-hmm. that they're revealing the glory of God. Because mm-hmm. remember, when Moses came down off the mountain after actually seeing God, everyone had to look away; his face was too bright. Shining. And right. here, these angels are bringing messages from heaven. They live in the presence of God, and they're almost too bright to look at mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they look like lightning. Let's take a look at one more passage because it contains one more angel fact for the day. Okay. All right. So they look like lightning. They're glorious in appearance. Roman soldiers pass out in their presence. Mm-hmm. Psalm 103, verse 19. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in what? Hmm, Strength. In strength. So we have the fact that angels are impressive. They excel in strength. They're stronger than us. Mm -hmm. And then it continues. Who excel in strength, who do his word heeding the voice of his word of his word right Hmm. so that raises the fact that angels exist as god's servants they do his word they they serve him they work for him and they heed the voice of his word so in the next verse it calls them god's ministers right and this seems to be their primary role they live to do god's bidding yeah they're god's servants and as you read through the various angel appearances in the bible you find them saying things all the time like god sent me here to to talk to you to deliver Mm -hmm. a message to you, to meet with you. They're emissaries from God. And uh, we've already mentioned that. When we look at the Greek word agalos, it means messenger. messenger. Yeah. So they live to do God's bidding. One of my favorite examples of this is Daniel chapter 9, yeah. 
Daniel's been praying because he doesn't understand this vision that he had back in Daniel chapter Mm 8. So Gabriel, Gavriel, warrior of God, Mm -hmm. comes to explain it. And here's what he says in verse 22. And he, that's Gabriel, informed me and talked with me and said, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. Mm. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Mm. Yeah. So it's a command that launched Gabriel's return to earth and not a suggestion, which does suggest that angels take orders from God. Yeah, absolutely. They're God's messengers. They take orders. It's almost a military structure. I hear Mm. the sound of the music, though. That means it is time to take a little break. And uh, we'll be right back. The truth about angels after this important message from the people at The Voice of Prophecy. Grab pen and paper. Write all of this down because we offer the most exciting opportunities to learn the Bible for yourself. You're listening to Disclosure. We'll be right back after this break. Disclosure is just one of the programs brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy, like the audio adventure program Discovery Mountain. Discovery Mountain is a weekly Bible-based program for kids of all ages and backgrounds. Your family will enjoy faith-building stories with Jake Donovan, (laughs) Mr. Simon, and others in this small mountain town. Each summer, campers visit Discovery Mountain, where they sing songs, learn about God, and reenact a Bible story with the help of drama teachers, Miss Wendy and Miss Tamara. With 24 full episodes every year and programming every week, your family will have something uplifting to listen to every week. Listen to episodes on demand and watch video features from Director Doug at discoverymountain.com or on your favorite podcast platform. That's discoverymountain.com. Retirement planning can be stressful, but it doesn't have to be. Call the friendly people at The Voice of Prophecy and learn about all your options based on your specific needs. Just give us a call at 1-800-348-5993. Earthquakes, tornadoes, wildfires. Around us, homes are being lost, lives are threatened, and some people are asking the question, does God even care about me? The Bible answers that question, and what it says is very encouraging. Find out what God says regarding this topic and some of life's greatest issues in our free Discover Bible Guides. Go to VOP.com and click on Study or call us 888-456-7933. And we are back from that break. I see that you ran and got a starburst in the break. I is, did. is your blood sugar a little low? I think it is. I think the I blood think levels the blood up draw. Your, Yeah. Um, maybe as I eat the starburst, you'll see the, the blood, blood level up. rising up to my hand. No, I don't think blood is made out of starbursts. <laughs> I don't think your dentist is going to appreciate this tactic. Definitely no, not. No, no. Hopefully so he's not. You're listening. making a decision today between blood and teeth. Mm-hmm. Which one do you want? At the moment? Yeah. Blood. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you shouldn't let them take so many vials. Well, they're I supposed don't know. to leave you some. Following doctor's orders. Yeah. So. 
All right, we're talking about angels. And a moment ago, Gene, you brought up Revelation chapter 19. Jesus is leading the armies of heaven, and we were discussing the fact that they're God's servants and that they take commands from God. We looked at Daniel 9 where Gabriel says, I was told the command went out is actually the expression Gabriel uses in Daniel 9.23. I'm here because the command went out. So what we have is this posse, this cadre of created beings who live to do God's bidding Mm -hmm. almost in military fashion. Mm -hmm. They live to perform God's will, and the angels form the army of heaven. In fact, in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7, you see this war in heaven where Michael and his angels fight against the dragon and his fallen angels. So God's will seems to be all that angels do. Hmm. And and part of doing God's will, it seems, is serving God's people. Right. So they're a higher tier than us, but they serve us at God's command. Right, right. At least that's implied from the way they convey messages um, from God to the prophets. Yeah, exactly. And more than that, there are enough scripture passages to suggest the idea that guardian angels actually are a real thing. For the Mm. longest time, I thought, oh, this is another Victorian invention. Guardian angels are just more, well, they didn't have Hollywood in Victorian times, but they're a a Hollywood invention. It's a story Mm -hmm. uh, because you can't open your Bible and go to the index at the back and look up guardian angel. There is Mm. no expression in the Bible that says guardian angel. But lo and behold, the concept of guardian angels absolutely is in the Bible. Yeah, it is. I'm thinking of a couple of passages just right off the top of my head. There's uh, Psalm 34, verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. So angels assigned to God's people. Right, right. And there are all kinds of examples of angels intervening to help God's people, like um, the time an angel came to release the apostles from prison. That's Acts chapter 5. Then again in Acts chapter 12, there's the night before Peter was supposed to be executed. You remember that. He's sleeping in prison. And then there's the statement Jesus made in Matthew, Matthew 18, verse 10. It says this, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. So while it doesn't say it plainly, it clearly suggests that children might have personal angels assigned to them. That's a pretty amazing thought if you're a parent, right? That there's an angel assigned to children. You know, it, it is an amazing thought, but it must also make it a little harder when someone does lose a child. Right. Because you've got to wrestle then with why didn't God use an angel to intervene that time? To save my kid that time. I yeah. know. I know. And that kind of applies to any miracle. That's true. It, it's one of the things that makes me hesitant to pack a sermon full of too many miracle stories, because mm. while they absolutely do happen, I have seen the miraculous. I have seen things that cannot be explained by the laws of physics, instantaneous, miraculous events. I have seen them, but they don't happen every day day. Right. And as Christians, we are faced with the fact that we're not going to understand everything until the day God invites us to go through the books of heaven. In Daniel mm-hmm. 7, we saw the books open and angels looking at them. In Revelation chapter 20, it seems to indicate that you and I will also get our chance to look through the books of heaven. And it's only at that point that we're going to be fully satisfied about everything that has happened in our lives. But until then, we have to look forward by faith. And that can mm-hmm. be hard sometimes. And, uh, and we won't always understand, why didn't God intervene this time? Why wasn't there an angel that time? Mm-hmm. Um, 
the good news is we're going to get an explanation. We will. Mm -hmm. Now, that does bring up another way that angels interact with people, because we do have examples in the Bible of people who were not delivered from hardship by the angels. Mm -hmm. And in those cases, angels were sent to do something else, not to deliver them, but to, say, to, to bring a sense of comfort. Yeah, definitely. And, and the prime example I think of there is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Exactly. That's probably mm-hmm. the best example. Luke 22, verse 41. It says, And he, that's Jesus, was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, now that's an important statement for the context of this whole story. This story is about God's will being performed. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is asking for what he wants, but I want my Father's will to be done. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. He doesn't want to go to the cross. I mean, who would? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then it says in verse 43, an angel appeared to him from heaven strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood. Mm. So here we have this case where Jesus is faced with going to Calvary, going to the cross, and he's about to endure the most unbelievable suffering any human being will ever have to face because it's not just the nails. It's the weight of the sins of the world being poured out on Jesus. Right. And he's not going to get out of this. This is the plan to save the human race. Um, and, And he's come to the point where where he's saying, Lord, if there's any other way, if there's a way for me to get out of this, please. But that's not going to happen. So instead of delivering him, mm-hmm. God sends an angel to kind of mitigate the suffering, to give Jesus the strength to go through with it. And even after that, the Bible still says he's in agony at, to the point where he's literally sweating blood. blood. Right. Yeah. Which says a lot about the nature of Christ's sufferings. And it also goes to show that God has invested himself into our situation here on earth. It's not like he's an absentee landlord who can't identify with us. It's not like he didn't apply the same rules to himself when he lived here, right? No. Uh, He also had to experience suffering, disappointment, just like we do. And on this particular occasion, he also didn't get an angel to deliver him because in the bigger picture, well, I mean, the whole human race would have been lost if Jesus hadn't gone through with it. Yeah, and this is huge here. This tells us that Jesus subjected himself to the same rules we have to live by. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 4.15 tells us that we have this great high priest, that's Jesus in heaven, who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities because he's lived here. He's gone through this experience. And it's not like he got a get out of jail free card when he was here. He also went through something where he wasn't going to get delivered. So one of the tasks of angels is to protect God's people. uh, And sometimes it is to give them the strength to go through what's about to happen. Mm. And I suppose on this side of the finish line, another good point is is, is this. We really, (laughs) we, we might think that the angels didn't come through for us. But we have no idea how many times angels have protected us without us even knowing that it happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about that. Uh, that's yeah. a definite question I want to ask in heaven is to see all the things that were avoided because yeah. of angels. Yeah. And you have an angel story, don't I, you? I do. I do. I think I remember when I – I mean, I've, I've had miraculous help in my life. I remember mm-hmm. when you and I lived way up north. And winters were very, very cold. They were. Yeah, and minus long. 40 was nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember we had a Chinook one winter. Now, if you don't know what a Chinook is, it's when a warm wind blows down off of the Rocky Mountains and kind of suddenly melts all the snow. And it's a relief. When it's 40 below outside, you get this hot <laughs> wind that melts all the snow suddenly. Mm-hmm. And 
and then it goes back to 40 below again a day or two later. Mm -hmm. But what happens is when it gets cold again, the road is wet, it freezes, and the road turns into this skating ring. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And that had just happened one day. The Chinook had just happened, and it was refreezing, and I was driving down a steep road with lots of switchbacks, and suddenly my car started sliding for a huge drop-off on the left-hand side of the road. (laughs) And I remember yelling, oh, no, Lord, please help. I mean, that's about all I could get out as the car sliding for this cliff. And suddenly the car actually started sliding the other way to the other side of the road. And I went right into the forest backwards down this little slope into the trees. So Mm. I did not die by falling down this precipice. Mm -hmm. But now I'm stuck in this deep snow drift on the other edge of the road. So it's like, okay, God, that was very helpful. Thank you for sparing my life. But now I'm stuck here. Now I'm stuck. Right? So I tried everything to get that car up. It's going to get to be 40 below overnight. I do not want to spend the night in the woods. No. Who does? No. Right? 40 below. I was always ready, though. You know I was. I had yeah, candles had a and a sleeping bag, bag and mm-hmm. ready to spend the night there. But I'd prefer to get out. So I remember going and doing the usual. I went and got tree branches, and I put them under the front wheels, the front wheel drive, and 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 I tried rocking that thing. I would put one foot inside the car and hit the gas and rock the car back and forth. And I tried to do everything I could to get back up on the road, and nothing worked. And I did not want to spend the night in 40 below mm-hmm. in the woods. So I actually remember sitting in the snow at one point. The front of my suit was all muddied because I'd been rocking the car, and it would spin and throw mud and snow at my shirt and back in the days when I wore white shirts. Big mistake. And back when there were no cell phones, you couldn't just pick up a yeah, phone this and, is right. and this call is, for help. This is ancient history. There are no <laughs> cell right. phones. Although up here, I don't know that cell phones would have worked in this Maybe spot not. anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I sat in the snow defeated, and I said, Lord, I'm, I'm going to need your help. I can't get this car out of this snow drift, out of this ditch, and I need your help because I can't do this. And wouldn't you know it, right at that moment, the car, which was still in gear, Mm -hmm. suddenly drove itself up on the road. I mean, it drives itself up on the road. Now I have to chase it down the highway because it's driving away very slowly, but it's driving away. And it blew my mind that that happened. I remember actually looking at the back of the car to see if I could see handprints there because, look, there was no natural way that that thing. I tried for hours to get that thing (laughs) to go up the up the the the, the bank and up onto Mm -hmm. the road. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. Now it drives itself. Come on, man. No natural way it could have happened. So I have seen things happen. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I always have to remind myself that Christians are called to make the ultimate sacrifice if need be. And angels aren't always going to deliver you. Right. They're not. Mm -hmm. Now, what I'm hoping is that when that time comes... That, that God will send them to do what they did for Jesus, mm-hmm. to give me the strength to get through it, just like they did that night in Gethsemane. Yeah, yeah. It's not always going to spare me. There's a greater controversy going on. There are bigger issues than me and my well-being in this universe. And one of the things we do when we sign up for God's kingdom is we... We agree that we're also going to have to walk the path Jesus walked, Mm -hmm. that we're going Mm -hmm. to have to drain ourselves of self, walk the path that he walked, and that might mean going through our own Gethsemane and laying your life down on the line for the cause of the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And when that moment comes, I have to have trust that God will explain it to me someday. Here's why I didn't come through that day. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and, and so I might not have all the answers. What, What would have happened if that night in the woods God didn't come through, and I spent the night in the woods, and let's say I died of exposure. As I'm going under, I'm going to have to accept that, okay, I wasn't going to get eternal life on this side of the second coming, 
And God must have a reason for allowing this. That if this is going to happen tonight, God's okay with it. Mm-hmm. I need to be okay with it. And I'll get all the answers when we get to heaven, Revelation chapter 20, and he opens the books. So angels perform a couple of tasks for us. Sometimes they intervene miraculously, like in those stories you pointed out, the night before Peter was going to be executed. Right? He was sleeping. Yeah, that yeah. one blows my mind. He can <laughs> sleep when they're going to cut his head off in the morning, and I can't sleep in a bed. Right. But that night the angel delivers him. And sometimes the angel's going to be there to give you the strength to go through a Mm. tough moment because we are still on this side of glory. We are still in a fallen world where bad things happen. And God's people are not exempt from the bad things that happen here. The prosperity preachers are lying a little bit, saying, oh, it's going to be easy street if you follow Jesus. No, Jesus said it means picking up a cross and following him. And there's often a lot of personal growth and growing closer to him in those difficult times. Yeah, there absolutely is. So we're talking about angels, the truth about angels, and we are never going to get to the end of the subject, isn't it? This is like, the music is playing. That means we're at the end of segment three. And as usual, because you were so talkative, you just (laughs) filled up all the time. Definitely. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Look, we're going to take a break, and we're going to be back with the truth about angels and whatever else we can squeeze out of the last segment. My name is Sean Boonster. You're listening to Disclosure from The Voice of Prophecy. We'll be right back after this. Retirement planning can be a stressful process, but it doesn't have to be. The friendly people at The Voice of Prophecy can walk you through the entire process and explain all of your options based on your specific needs. Whether you'd like to set up a trust for income or make a gift that will benefit your loved ones and change lives through The Voice of Prophecy, we're here to help. To learn more, call 1-800-348-5993. Most of us have lost a loved one to death, and the question we wrestle with in our mind is what exactly happens when we die? Do we go to heaven or do we go to hell, as some people believe? Find the Bible's answer to this question in our free Discover Bible Guides. You can get them at VOP.com, click on the tab that says Study, or just call us at 888-456-7933. That's 888-456-7933. And we are back from the break. In the break, we heard about Discovery Mountain. (laughs) We did. Yeah, and actually, right now, while we're in studio, as soon as this is done, they're rearranging the studio for another episode of Mm -hmm. Discovery Mountain. Yes, it's our audio program for kids. Right, where can you get that? Uh, The easiest way to find it and listen to it is at discoverymountain.com. But it's on all, you can find it at vop.com too, where you may be listening to Disclosure right now. And it's on all the major podcast platforms as well. And I noticed that this season I have zero lines. You had lines. I I had zero lines. I didn't have any lines. Yes, you did. Remember you did them last week. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did record some lines last week for Discovery Mountain. (laughs) You did. But I have like, I'm not even a B-list character. I'm a Q-list or Z-list character. you're a recurring character. Character. Recurring character with three lines per season. <laughs> I am Chaplain Simon, in uh-huh. case you've got young people wondering, well, who do you play? I'm Chaplain Simon. That's right. Yeah, who yeah. gets shipped off to Afghanistan all the time you're so, so that you, busy. you can that's kill me why. out of the show. That's what's no, going to happen. Yep. That's not No, nope, there's going to be like this scud missile that lands on Chaplain Simon and it's all over. No, I'm not doing that to the kids who are listening. <laughs> no. Whatever happened to scud missiles? That's a thing of the past. Remember the yeah. first Gulf War? It was. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I we almost, don't hear about Scud uh, missiles. I can't remember the guy's no, name. We? Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein had Scud missiles, mm-hmm. and that's what's going to happen to Chaplain Simon. No, Boom. I don't think so. We yeah. like him. We're going to keep yeah, him Yeah, it'll be this episode of Discovery Mountain. Hey, kids, got bad news for you. What is it? Uh, remember Scud missiles? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Chaplain Simon sort of met one. No, I, I'm not going to ask you to help me write any Discovery Mountain episodes just for that reason. <laughs> all right, just a little hint, though. What is Season 9 all about? Season 9 is all about the parable of the sower. Oh, mm-hmm. that'd be a good one. Yeah, And how come I have a bit part? Well, because you're over in Afghanistan, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually, I where was I? I landed... In Australia a while ago, mm-hmm. and somebody pointed out to the children in this audience, oh, this guy is with Discovery Mountain, and the kids are all, yay, we love Discovery Mountain. That's cool. And they came and asked, so who do you play? Are you um, Jake? Are you uh, – no, I'm, I'm Chaplain Simon. And the kids all said, oh, and walked away. <laughs> and they were disappointed. They walked away. Aw, that's yeah. too bad. Well, if you were around more, we can definitely create more lines for Chaplain Simon. Yeah, and I want awesome lines. Okay. Manly lines. Manly lines. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. (laughs) We're talking about angels, though. That is our subject for today, not actually Discovery Mountain. If you've got young people, though, I would recommend you go to discoverymountain.com and grab an episode of it. That's great. And um, Mm -hmm. did you just about, did you just, just you just steadied yourself. a little woozy. (laughs) No, and and the blood level's back up to your eyebrows now. That's good. That's good. But your brain still doesn't have any blood. Probably not. No, it'll come back. I I think it's not all firing correctly. You know, it would be it would be fun to have an angel story in Discovery Mountain sometime. We should put an angel story in there. That's something that kids are naturally curious about, and it would be really neat to study straight from the Bible what what the Bible says about angels, just like we're doing here today. Yeah, absolutely. So Mm -hmm. we were talking about angels, and we talked about the fact that sometimes angels are sent to deliver people, like the story of Peter being delivered the night before, and and um, well, an army of angels for the uh, prophet Elisha when mm-hmm. the Syrians are coming to get him and, mm-hmm. and and so on. But other times there is no delivery. There is no deliverance. Right. So, right. And so in those cases, like Jesus in Gethsemane, because there is a bigger picture going on behind the scenes, mm-hmm. sometimes God sends angels then to strengthen you to get through what mm. you're about to endure. Yeah. It reminds me of this time. Somebody once asked the great preacher Charles Spurgeon, hey, if it came down to it, do you think you could burn at the stake for your faith? And uh, Spurgeon said, no, you know, I I can't burn at the stake for my faith. And I felt good about reading that statement. I thought, well, neither do I. I'm not exactly lining up for that. I mean, I've burnt my hand before, and that wasn't great. Burn your whole body. But but then Spurgeon said this. He said, but if that moment came, Mm -hmm. I'm sure God would give me the strength to endure it. Mm, That's the difference right there. Yeah, that is. And so that's one of the roles of angels as Mm -hmm. well. I know God will send them to give me the strength if it comes right down to it, Uh, just like they did for Jesus. Yeah. Right. You know, and Sean, now I'm thinking about the story of Job because he had to endure a lot of things that the devil heaped on him. And God didn't intervene in those cases either. Yeah. Yes. He, well, no, he didn't. And yes, he did. But you're right. You know, um, here's what God did. He, he didn't He didn't stop it, but he did draw a line in the sand. He said, mm-hmm. look, Satan, it's I'm going to let you do this, but here's the line. You can't go any further than this. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, all right, you're going to cause him this harm, and, and but you don't touch his person. And then later on, um, you don't. You can touch his person, but you can't kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and that implies there may have been angels standing wherever that line was mm-hmm. to keep Satan from going all the way. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice in that story, God says, hey, He's in your hands. That's an important line, too, that tells us who the source of suffering is. Satan is demanding access to Job, Mm -hmm. and God says he's in your hands. 
And in the beginning of the story, you remember, Satan is complaining in Job 1, verse 10. God, you put a hedge around Job. Right, like it was unfair. Right. Mm -hmm. But that might imply the devil can't get to him because he's protected. Mm. You brought, you know, the angel of the Lord encamps around the camp of the saints. Mm -hmm. What if he had angels that were surrounding him, keeping the devil from doing what the devil wanted to do? Mm. So, yeah, angels protect God's people. And when the time comes that we're required to pass through pain and hardship— they are there to bring us strength and comforting. Just this morning, as I was you know, reading my Bible for my own morning devotions, mm-hmm. I was reading Zechariah chapter 1, where in verse 13 it says that one of the roles of an angel is to pass on good and comforting words to God's people. Oh, so that's not like deliverance, that. but good and comforting words. And in that case, they're facing the challenge of rebuilding the temple after Babylonian captivity, and all the sure. forces in the world are arraigned against them, and God sends the messages of comfort that are passed along through an angel. Mm, now, very nice. Now. I like that. Uh, And the Bible also seems to indicate that they're involved, angels are involved in bringing people to Christ. Don't you love that? That they're just as interested, maybe more interested, in the work of the gospel as we are. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Um, you got to think about this. They've been witness to the entire... Uh, controversy that's raging in this universe. Revelation chapter 12 indicates that fallen angels were cast out of heaven, Mm -hmm. uh, that Lucifer was spreading lies in heaven, that he wanted to sit on the throne of God, that he was trying to discredit God's uh, government. And so you've got to imagine the angels who remain behind, because they're not mindless robots, they probably have some questions too. And the Bible indicates that they're greatly interested in God's plan to redeem the fallen human race Mm -hmm. who were deceived into following these fallen angels. So Mm -hmm. you've got Acts chapter 8, this story where an angel tells Philip, hey, Philip, you are so late for your Bible study. We've got this <laughs> I Ethiopian. Love that story. Do you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got this Ethiopian treasurer, this eunuch. He he's in his chariot. He's halfway through the book of Isaiah. You got to get down there and finish this Bible study. So yeah. Yeah. an angel, like I don't know. I, I always read that like the angels are almost a little frustrated. Like Philip, aren't you paying attention? Yeah, that, you're supposed to be here. Yeah, Come on. <laughs> that's not in the story. You know, no. Don't take me to task for my exegesis. It's just my fun little way of reading it. And, well, it it just shows how how events are not random and haphazard, right. that things happen as they're supposed to happen. There's a right. bigger plan, a bigger purpose behind things. So here we have this angel who's very interested in the salvation of this Ethiopian eunuch, yes. and he's coordinating the events that need exactly. to take place, right? Yeah. They're in the background, God's servants, making this happen. Mm-hmm. Acts chapter 10, another great example. An angel appears to Cornelius, oh, right. Roman mm-hmm. soldier, mm-hmm. Um, and he tells him, look, Cornelius, send your men to find Peter in in the city of Joppa so that you can accept Christ, so you can learn what the gospel is. So again, you have an angel who's coordinating things in the background. And in Hebrews 1 verse 14, the Bible tells us specifically that one of the jobs of angels is to be sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. Yeah, that is one of my favorite passages. I love that one. Um, I've actually pointed to that one when I'm praying for people. You know that I I've also been a public evangelist over the years. I mm-hmm. preach the gospel publicly to, to well, in city after city. And I've actually pointed to that verse in Hebrews 11 and verse, or Hebrews 1, rather, in mm-hmm. verse 14, mm-hmm. um, when I'm working with people. And I have asked God to send angels to people's homes to intervene because, <laughs> look, I'm not getting anywhere with this guy. He's so stubborn. And I know he's under conviction. His head sinks when he hears about the gospel. Like, he's, I know he feels sorrow for his sins, but he's just not 
doing anything. And so I'll, I'll pray that prayer, that verse that you're talking about, Hebrews chapter 1. Let me just open up to it here. Mm-hmm. Verse 14. Yeah, Hebrews 1 and verse 14. Mm-hmm. And you've seen some some pretty amazing results well, from I, that, haven't you, I from have. praying like that? Yeah, I have. Here, mm-hmm. here it is. Let me see here. Hebrews 1, 14. Oh, I'm in the book of Titus. I thought, hey, somebody rewrote Hebrews. It's not where it's supposed to be. And I was reading <laughs> Titus. Oh, here it is. Are they, not, speaking of angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Right. And so I've prayed this prayer. Lord, you, this guy, you want him to inherit salvation. You are not willing that any should perish. And I've literally pointed to that verse. And I remember one case. This guy was being so stubborn about accepting God in his life, about accepting the gift of salvation. And I couldn't pin down what was holding him back. Mm-hmm. And so I remember opening, opening my Bible at about two o'clock in the morning and reading that verse. And I said, Lord, he's supposed to be an heir of salvation. He's supposed to inherit the kingdom along with, you want him in the kingdom. And it says the angels are supposed to work with him. So I'm going to go to sleep now. And I want you to send angels to his house and <laughs> and let him lay awake over this. Why am I laying awake <laughs> over this? Wow. So I see this guy the next day and he looks awful. I mean, he looks awful. And I tell him, you, you look terrible, man. He says, I feel terrible. He had bags under his eyes uh-huh. and his eyes were red. And I said, well, what happened? He said, I woke up at two o'clock this morning. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I tossed and turned all night. I've been wrestling with God and what I need to do to make things right with God. So, yep. Yep. Angels are Direct working in the answer. background to make sure that the human race gets into the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Making yeah. sure we arrive at the right places at the right time and all those details for the, the meeting of, of people who have something to share with us, which will change what we choose, change our, our future, change eternity for us. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, you know, you and I... Um, you and I came to the Lord at the same time. We were baptized on the same day. At the and same moment. At the same moment. Actually, both of us <laughs> on the same arm. The pastor right. was a great big guy, like, what, six foot seven. He was yeah. huge and put us both on one arm and put us under the water together because mm-hmm. we were already engaged to be married. Pastor Don Stoynowski. Yeah, Pastor Don. Yeah. Him. <laughs> yeah, I love him too. Um, and now in hindsight, I look back and you look at your life from – your very earliest memories all the way up to the moment where you become a part of God's kingdom, you become a part of God's church. And in hindsight, you can start to see it, can't you? Yes, absolutely. That God is coordinating things. I mean, my angel must be so frustrated because looking in hindsight, (laughs) I can see hundreds of examples where God was clearly trying to get my attention, but I was too thick to see it or too stubborn to admit it. Sure. You're smiling. That's probably what was happening. I was too stubborn to admit it. But in hindsight, I can see it. So let me issue this challenge out there today because we are out of time. You have heard the name of Jesus for years. You have felt something in your heart from time to time. Angels of God, the Bible teaches, have been working in your home. As you look back, you can see the moments where God has been trying to get your attention. Mm -hmm. And my question to you is this. Why why frustrate them anymore? What reason could you possibly have to say no to the gift of salvation, to Mm -hmm. say no to the gift of the kingdom of heaven when you know that God has put all of his resources, his angelic armies at your disposal to make sure that you make it. Angels of God are working day and night to see you come into the kingdom of heaven. Why throw that gift away? I say it's time to accept Christ and to do it now because the Bible says not only does Jesus sing, I believe the choirs of angels sing when you do 
make mm -hmm. that decision. Mm -hmm. All of heaven rejoices. Jesus taught that in his parables, that there's a great party when somebody comes to Jesus. And so you can literally make angels sing by making the right decision today. I hear the music, Gene. Again, you talk too much. You filled up all the time. And the blood is all the way up to your scalp now. There You're we feeling go. a little bit better. I'm good. Until next time, this has been Disclosure. I'm Sean Boonstra. Thanks for listening.